Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to an episode of United 96 podcast here on the Arctic Refugees Podcast Network, classic, classic edition, throwback edition. Actually, the real reason we're doing this is because it's uh, it's producer Brian's birthday. So happy, happy birthday, producer Brian. Happy he, birthday. He is on vacation. He did not want to spend his birthday with us. And I'm, honestly, I'm... I can't. Unacceptable, really. I can't. I can't. It. No, I really can't blame him, to be honest <laughs> with me. <laughs> uh, but uh, or it's possible that he saw the DC United game and said, oh, heck no, I'm not doing this crap anymore. One of the Either two. one. Either one. Either one. John, how you doing, my friend? How was your weekend? Hopefully, uh, hopefully better than Antonio Faro or Rafael Ramos. So good. So much better than them. I so Yeah, I'm, I uh, missed that whole debacle, which we'll <laughs> which we'll get into. But yeah, no, I was I, I was winning money playing blackjack. I want one hundred and five dollars nice. on one one pull of a slot. Like I put I put ten bucks in, pulled one for five, and one hundred and ten dollars. Like cash out, done with slot. That's uh, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna go way up top. And then uh, and then Sunday had a nice little brunch. It was, it was a good weekend. What about you, Ted? Well, I mean, I, I spent all the last week at the beach, so that was good. Very good. Um, that was very good. Nice, very relaxing. That's me uh, next weekend. We're we're cross. Which beach did you go to? I went to Topsail Island Beach in North Carolina. Very, okay. very nice, uh, very nice beach. One of those beaches you probably don't even don't even know about. So I don't, um, I don't know about it. Exactly. You're That's right. why it's great. That's why it's great. Because <laughs> um, John Hoffman does not know about it. Yeah, got back Saturday and you know settled down, watched the DC game that that went the way it went. Um, and uh, then I like tried to the kickers played at ten thirty. Normally that was good. Now that game was one nothing at halftime. It was eleven thirty. I started getting tired and. I uh, just decided that it was a good time to actually go to bed. And I was like, I don't think I can handle much more disappointment. And I really should have stayed up because they got a last minute 2-2 draw um, goal from Bentley. So I, I shame myself. Maybe I should just stop watching my team. Maybe I should just like end it. Just do Let's it. try it. Nothing- one week. <laughs> try one week and see what happens. Exactly. Exactly. But um, we don't here to talk about that. We're here to talk about DC United. And we're, we're clearly trying not to talk about DC United uh, because that was... A very, it was a debacle, uh, I think, to say the least. Um, so let, let's, I, I want to get the bad stuff out of the way because I don't want people mm-hmm. to, I, I am going to say, believe it or not, believe it or not, I do think there are some semi-positive things about certain portions of that game that I think are worth talking about. That doesn't mean, again, before I get accused of being a, a shill for the front office, which I can already see those rolling in, um, the entire we we were we have been lied about obviously we were lied to at the beginning of the season about this roster construction mm-hmm. the defense is a mess i i can still see the logic behind of what they were doing um again i think they were lying when they said oh i think we can make the playoffs or we're going to try to make the playoffs i'm sure this yeah we're going to try but it was pretty clear that the playoffs were a long shot they're definitely done at this point um no probably team not- has ever no team has ever before the all-star break been like it's over don't even come if you were thinking about buying a ticket, don't don't do it. That they would be still, very bad. Not they're going to talk. They're going to talk about that stuff until until the uh, until they're mathematically eliminated, which will be a yeah. while because it's MLS and everybody makes the playoffs. Um, almost everybody. It's a little, <laughs> little bit better now. Every year they like the more there's like the most teams like have not made the playoffs. So there's still it's not like it was in the in the good old good old 2004 when it was like four or five. Right. Um, but yeah, so like, let's be clear. Um, I think there should be, there should have be, in a just world, there should be consequences for the front office, uh, for Dave Casper. Uh, there should be, there should be consequences for the actual roster construction at the beginning of the season. Um, and the fact that they've had to make this massive course correction, you know, should have come with a, should have maybe come with something like that. I think the direction they've taken with, you know, signing Rooney probably precludes that a little bit. And um, I don't I don't necessarily know that the FO is really in control anymore. I think they're maybe, you know, doing uh, working through the rules and everything like that. But I, I'm not to be would not be surprised if maybe some control has been lost. I think that's, I think that's a fair assumption. <laughs> I think I, I think there is a very it's very likely there's been a bypass install that goes right around Dave Casper and Lucy Rush and right to Jason Levy and from Wayne Rooney. Oh yeah, uh, I think when you saw for me the the point of that was uh, when I saw that the assistant coach I don't know his, his last name being brought on from Darby the the thing that was most stressed about his skill set was his uh, player scouting 
recruitment and uh, and like yeah, like getting players signed uh, on your team. I was like, that sounds like not an assistant coach's job. <laughs> so it's very interesting that Wayne has brought this guy in to be his assistant coach. So yeah, I, I, like you said, I think in a just world, uh, results over the last ten years would say time to change time to make a change but um not, not even talk about that's going to happen not even 10 years but even not just, even 10 years you? again you know i don't i i speak very carefully people talk about 10 years they talk about a time when dc united had no money i i literally take my judgment on the front office and everything comes from 2018 on and we've made the playoffs once twice twice now no you know no extra playoff games, no winning a playoff game, nothing. And it's been, and and really you talk about the rebuild that happened and the players that were continually brought in on this roster, um, getting in from the, uh, you know, from, from the winter into the summer defensively, everything's pretty much stayed the same. And it's been, it's been terrible. It's been, it's been completely awful. Uh, And this game was sort of a, I don't really know what to say it, what to say about it. And let, let, let's, let's get into it uh, before we get, I mean, obviously I just want to preface. I think Dave Caster should be gone. I think maybe even Lucy Rushton should be gone. Mm-hmm. It's tough on Lucy. Cause she's only been here a year, but she was a huge part of this, of, of this roster construction for this off season. It's been an unmitigated disaster. So, I mean, there should be consequences for that. And there's one thing DC has done for so long. It's sort of hold on to things maybe way too long. Uh, Case in point, you know, they probably should have gotten rid of uh, of Edison Flores in the winter and found somebody else or already had a plan together. And it was very clear it was a no, we're just going to kind of keep everything together and and, and push Some it forward. Cost. And yeah, so it's 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 awful. So but l- let's get into the game. Let's talk uh, D.C. Philly. Uh, first and foremost, the first what makes this game so tough, the, the comparisons were already flying when the game was six. I'm like, people are going to compare this game to the. Uh, to the seven nothing drubbing that took place, uh, that was sort of the end of the of the Chad Ashton era and the beginning of the Wayne Rooney era, and that game was very clearly Philadelphia were seven goals better than us. They walked all over us from minute three to minute ninety. It was all Philadelphia. The entire team was completely bereft of ideas. They were not effective at all. Absolutely 100%. Like th- that is a game where it was like a 100% deserved 7 nothing game. And not that I'm saying they didn't deserve the 6 nothing game, but from a pure soccer perspective, that was a deserved 7 nothing win. This 6 nothing game, nothing game was different. Um, and I, I believe it's been talked about on, on Matthew Doyle, on Matt Doyle's article. The first 35 minutes for DC were not terrible. They were actually... Uh, incredibly decent. Uh, they generated several chances. Had a what uh, what I would consider a clear penalty shout. Um, they probably should have had a goal um, and probably should have gotten at least something out of this game. And I think it's it's not unreasonable in my mind to say that the amount of effort that they put in in the first thirty five minutes on the attack, the amount of chances they generated to then come away with nothing and then give up a goal two minutes, you know, in, in the thirty seventh minute. I think does play an impact. Now as a team, you have to figure out a way to bounce back from that. And they did not, they absolutely did not. It was kind of a downhill spiral from there. Um, But for those first, you know, 35 minutes, you know, obviously I think the best, probably the best play of the night was Andy Nahar um, plays a scintillating long ball over the top controlled by Miguel Barry. He actually does a good job sort of collecting that ball holding it up. Um, Ravel Morrison is charging through the center. A nice ball off to him. He tries to take a shot. It's a nice save from Andre Blake. Um, and then I, I know uh, for a fact, uh, I think we maybe got to start calling taxi when taxi like floats to like the sort of the far corner of the, of the 18 yard box. That's usually like his, like I think maybe we should need to call that as like, like Ovi's office or something like that, because he's always going to try to shoot from there and he hits the post. Um, and then obviously then there's the handball shout. That comes, I think, from another Ravel Morrison shot. Um, so he showed some, you know, more improved attacking chops, I think. I think I came away from those first 35 minutes before everything went to heck as, okay, we're starting to see maybe a development of an actual offensive identity here. Just slightly push back against that, not having seen it, I will counter 
with the fact that the full-time stats, they still only had two shots on goal. So even if in the first 45 minutes they were really putting something together and maybe making some chances, they shot the ball in a position where it could go in the net twice. They had they did have an XG of 0.72 in the first half, mm-hmm. which was only doubled uh, by 1.64 for Philly in the first half. Which well, I again, that yeah. that comes with that comes from a penalty, so sure. probably about even XG from the open play. And then um, second half sides. was only was only 1.95 for Philly, despite the fact that they got a lot more. <laughs> Then 1.95 goals in the second half. Yeah, uh, that's that's the beauty beauty or torture of expected goals. Yes, it does. not unconvinced. There's a baseball guy <laughs> out there who made this stuff up, but um, either way, uh, it is a pretty healthy way to tell goals. So I'm not so concerned about the expected shots. This was a an improved performance in a lot of ways. Um, again, one of the shots on target you're missing is the fact that it hits the post, and that's not a shot on target if it hits the post. Okay, so, so two and one. <laughs> to two and one so but it was a it was a sense that you saw sort of an actual team that appeared to be trying to put forward an identity and it it was fairly successful and um I, you know what i'm not even gonna i'm not really gonna talk about the penalty shout i, I feel like it, apparently this has been and i saw i have not been able to keep up with the league as much as I always, as I have loved to this year, but apparently this has been there was a similar incident that happened between a Dallas and a Philly game. I I know that the interpretations of handling has changed. Uh, in my opinion, from that distance in that type of shot, if a player is using his arm to stop a potential goal and a shot on target, that's handling and that's a penalty. I unless his arm is completely enclosed in his body and he is not making himself any bigger. I really don't care about intent or anything. He is using his arm. His body is bigger. His arm is outstretched and he is blocking that shot. Should have been a penalty. I don't know why it wasn't reviewed. I kept refreshing the MLS communications to get a sense. Uh, there maybe that, you know, they do that this week in VAR. Maybe they'll review it. Maybe we'll get some actual explanation here um, as to the interpretation from the offside law. I know if I'm refereeing a game and, and that happens in one of my games, I'm probably calling a PK. Um, Let's be serious. I think, I think most people would have called would have called a penalty kick there, um, but it wasn't called. Uh, and <laughs> I feel like uh, Wayne Rooney's playing the the the. Well, his team got rocked six to nothing, so probably was like, I don't even want to. I don't even want to talk about the referees. They did great. They were fine. They were good. You know, everybody. That was I, not they, why. Yeah, that was not why we lost. Basically, um, he's very glowing. Very glowing review of Ted of Ted Uncle. It's probably like the like first glowing review he's ever he's ever gotten from any coach in this league. Let's talk about the let's talk about the second half. So, yeah, what what happened? Ever again? I, I will I will cop. I did not watch it. Well, and I think also I think also it would be illegal for me to watch a six nothing replay. <laughs> I think it's not allowed. What basically everything that I have read and everything that well, I have seen says it was a capitulation, sort of the second half, and that, that Wayne Rooney did not recognize his players. Is that yeah? Is that it's fair? it's it's a fair assessment. I think. With how well the team looked in the first 35 and then the 37th minute, um, Victor Paulson obviously filling in as a center back. I'll talk about the second half, but I think it sort of starts at that first goal. Um, and it's it's a very real thing when you're a bad team and you feel like you finally put together a performance where you feel like you deserve a goal. And then because Philly is a much better team, much more organized, they're together. Uh, basically, the first goal comes from Victor Paulson uh, essentially getting shoved off the ball. Um, by I forget the goal scorer for Philly. I have to go look that up. But Which um, time? But, yeah, <laughs> uh, Mikhail Uray. Uray. Yeah. So he basically shoved off the ball for the first goal. Goal goes in the back of the net. I don't think it was irredeemable at that point. Um, but then I think then you have, of course, uh, Tony Alfaro making a play on the ball again. Ten uncles right in front of it, and uh, says no foul. Play continues. DC gets a counter, goes on the attack. He then gets a whistle, says, no, 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 you need to go back and take a look at that. Comes back, there's a PK. Uh, That's right at the end of the half. So you went from a game where you were thinking you were possibly going to score, you were were putting together a good effort, to now being down 2-0 entering the half. Um, I'm sure, you know, I'm I'm sure everybody was like, no, focus, we can do this. Uh, The third goal, you know, was I think kind of maybe the breaking point. And then it's like kind of like, here we go again. Uh, and then it was just uh, a absolutely debacle of individual mistakes, individual errors. Uh, Tony Alfaro, I think it's a pass backwards. 
and tries to like shield it. I don't know if he's trying to find Romer or whatever he's trying to do. And a Philly player just kind of beats him like a drum. Uh, I think slots in. I think that was the fourth goal. Uh, then the fifth goal comes from a, a really bad, really awful pass to Rafael Romo. The Philly keeper strips it, slides it in the back. Of the net. So just two terrible goals and just absolute calamities. And at that point, I mean, it was pretty clear that this team was this team was done and roasted. I will say, you know, you look back, I, I, I don't remember every goal of the seven nothing loss, but I would say, I mean, at least at least three of the goals or even four of the goals that happened in this Philly game were just unforced individual mistakes from guys who hopefully will not be here next year. That being Tony Alfaro and Rafael Romo. Um and then the third goal, I, I think it was another dispossession. And then all I know is I saw a Houston player, or sorry, a Houston player, a Philly player have the ball running down the sideline. Looks to, uh, I think, Tony Alfaro is trying to like shield him. And he says like, oh, you're just going to let me have the have the whole, whole other side of the goal then? Okay, thank you very much. I'm just going to slap this ball past Rafael Romo. Rafael Romo, of course, doesn't save it. Back of the net, 6 nothing. So... Just a lot of terrible, awful individual mistakes um, out of guys who I, I don't think are going to be here next year. So a couple questions for you. Mm-hmm. What do you think about the goal, goalkeeper rotation uh, going back to Romo after a midweek game uh, in at L.A.? Do you think because it was alluded to that that was what it was like? He was just I don't think he had the legs to, to play another 90 minutes after playing at LAFC. Um, what do you think about that? I, I think. I think with everybody's talking about, you know, the position of goalkeeper and how fitness and match sharpness are not, you know, as big on a it's taxing on a player um, as taxing on a goalkeeper. And I think for the most part, that's true. I do think we need to look at David Ochoa and think, I mean, not only has this guy not been playing, not getting game time, he has not been training. Uh, for whatever reason, which we have not, I don't think we've gotten any sort of real like official story as to what happened here. Uh, he has been basically was on the roster barred from even participating in training. Um, so he has, he has not been getting any sort of training reps, nothing. So I would argue his situation is unique. I'm not reading too much into that just yet. I'm not reading too much into it just yet. Um, I think you will definitely see him. I think there's a good chance you'll see him for the rest of the year. You better. We don't yeah. <laughs> have him signed next year. So if we signed a player who had not played or practiced, and we're going to bring him along slowly, and he's not signed for next year, that was a curious move. And yeah. now we actually have four goalkeepers on the roster, because Bill or will have, because Bill Hamid is back in training. So this is just wild. I, I think if Bill if Bill is back and healthy, I don't care if he's not going to be here next year. If if the choice is between him, Romo, and Kempen, it's Bill. I, I think I, I think that he gives you the best chance to win. I that I think that's just was well, it. He I had mean, a rough he had a rough couple games at the beginning of the season and went down injured yet again. But Raviel Romo has I mean the, the statistics do not lie. He is like the worst goalkeeper. Yeah, there's that, an argument. That, Go ahead. No, I mean, just uh, it, uh, that could be anybody. But since it can be anybody, there's no harm in changing the uh, deck chairs in the Titanic in this case. I think if there is, I think the real question is, I think honestly, the real question is, do, do they think I, I one thing that causes me this whole rotation thing is like, do they possibly think that that he is he has told them, thanks, I'm, I'll, I'll play, but. You know, honestly, I don't think I want to sign or don't Ochoa? talk to me about Choa. Yeah, that would be hilarious if they had not figured the answer out to that before they made that move. Would I mean, he was cheap. Insane. He was only 75K in allocation money. It was a really cheap transfer. Um, and I I, oh, I also wonder if they brought him in. You know, who knows at this point? I think we're, we'll probably learn maybe more as the season progresses. I, I think he will hopefully get a look coming up. I don't think Bill Hamid rushes in. I think he'll get at least the next few games. Romo is very clearly, hopefully, in the doghouse. If he is even on the bench, I think that, that speaks to something else. But I mean, my question is, like, like, why, if you were, you know, if you suffered this bad loss and that dropped you down to eighth place in the league, 
maybe yes, you then consider Bill because you might have a chance at squeaking into the playoffs. There's no chance of that. So like my question with Bill is like, I mean, maybe give him a send off or two, but like you have to start thinking right now. Like, and, and you know, it's, I, 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 I understand that, but in no calc, no, in no mathematical universe for me is Romo part of the solution for next year. Absolutely, no, hundred percent not. I'm talking about Ochoa. Like you have, you have to oh, get yeah. your your legs worth on Ochoa. Yep, if he's fit, yeah. if he's able to play, he should play. I guess that's what I was saying. Ochoa, if available, which he was not this weekend. Yeah, I mean, go with that. Like you said, but give both, it a ride. Both are fit and healthy. Who starts? Who do you start? Do you start Ochoa. Bill? Start Ochoa, Ochoa every okay. game except for the last one. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's that's the way I would play it. A couple other questions for you too. So uh, Mm -hmm. uh, Victor Paulson with a 4.9 on foot mob and Tony Alfaro with a 4.2 Alfaro, maybe more deserved apparently according to sort of the, the, the conversation around this Donovan Pines does not get in this game. Both of those players played 90 minutes in a, in a six, nothing drubbing. Um, How far in the doghouse is Donovan Pines for Wayne Rooney. It seems like he values him very little. Does not does not think he's worth getting out there in a route. Yeah, I, I I don't know at that point. I mean, I think I think Tony O'Farrell was okay, you know, through the past. I think he looked at it, probably looked at it as, you know, Donovan Pines makes a mistake and he goes to the bench. I mean, made the mistake obviously the Montreal game. Um Antonio Faro didn't really do anything to he kind of kept his nose clean. Uh but he put forward a absolutely like terrible, awful performance that I think you almost have to reconsider him. Uh, Paulson, I, I think Paulson was definitely pinching in at that point. Um, and I think maybe it was trying to give them something different. Maybe he pushes up a little bit. Didn't work. He's not a central defender. He got bodied off the ball. Like so easily. Um, yeah. So it's, I don't know. I, I, I give a little bit more. I guess greens the fact that he was clearly playing out of position. Like he's not a yeah. central defender. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's a defensive midfielder, but Donovan Pines is. <laughs> so I think maybe <laughs> at a certain point you may be throwing. So I, that just to me says like, that's when you look at Wayne's evaluation of a player. Yeah. I think it's safe. Russell Knauss yeah. is another guy that you have to say, if he's not getting any playing time, uh, you know, they're going to figure out a way to move on from him. Uh, well, they just, I mean, that, they just brought in Ravel Morrison and, and Victor Paulson. So, I mean, those are guys that are, you pay a lot of money for them. They're going to play. And I, I think they're looking, I, I, one question I have for you. Yeah. Is anything about this? We, we all talked about, you know, we all were positive, I guess, about Wayne Rooney. Like, is, is your concern level about this whole experiment? Is it elevated at all after? I mean, I know you didn't watch the game, but is it elevated at all? There are some people out there, you know, we, we run the Discord who are starting to think that uh, Wayne Rooney is a fraud and that he's not a good coach. Um, and this is this is going to be a disaster. I I don't I, you know, if you look at this roster, look who's playing right now. I mean, I, I don't necessarily Tony Alfaro and 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 Guidry starting are, is not a situation you want to have. I don't think Miguel Barry is a starter in this league right now. I don't think he's. A, I don't think he puts away his chances. Um, Durkin, I thought has been having a pretty uneven season. Wayne Rooney who said he was the only player that could hold his head up uh, in that game. He was the only one that sort of had played a, a good ninety. And really, um, I mean. He- I, I, looking at that sort of that 35, I thought he was one of the better players out there along with any Nahar. He has turned his season around. I think as he's gotten more settled in the team. Um, I think, I think, I think he has almost done what we all kind of thought was potentially going to happen when he was a homegrown was that he deplaces, uh, he deplaces um, uh, Russell Knauss in that center, in that center defensive. Midfield. I think he's starting to make a claim um, for that position. He's also a lot cheaper because of the under twenty two initiative. Yep. Although, although Russell Knauss is also making not a, not a lot of money. Uh, yeah, I mean that, that that I do. Am I am I concerned? More concerned than I was before this. I think the season has always been lost mm-hmm. since he took over. the 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 win in Orlando was a fluke. Uh, I think it's important that we continue to play the young players that we think are going to stick around. So I like Jackson Hopkins getting a run through this. He's not, he's in a bit of a lull. I don't think he, he is certainly not hitting the heights that he did in his first couple games, but the fact that he continues to play is both, I think probably a self-fulfilling prophecy. The fact that you moved on uh Gressel 
mm-hmm. on, on, on the back of he's going to play. So they're like, now he's going to play. Scored a goal. Um, scored a goal that weekend, too. He did. More <laughs> more goals than DC United scored in five games. Thanks. To, yeah. That's a sad stat uh, special from Stephen Goff. Um, you know, I think that we've got to see this. We've got to see this winter window before we evaluate. If, if he has a team similar to this with like maybe a few small changes around the edges, I don't think we're going to get a lot. I don't think it's going to get a lot better. I don't think it's just a matter of time for this team to learn this system. I don't really, there's part of that, but I think it's also just the players. I think uh, it's been alluded to many, many times that this roster was built for a different formation and one window cannot change uh, the, the strengths and weaknesses that you built around on purpose. Um, So the, the winter window is going to have to see a lot of movement. It can't be a little bit of fixing around the edges. You've got Wayne for one more season. Um, you've got to do it then, or tomorrow it's another wasted year and you're starting this all over again at the end of 2023 with no coach and some players that were only here for Wayne, including your, your, the, the, the player whose reason Christian Benteke is came here for, to play with for Wayne and because of Wayne sort of, you know, telling him it's great. So <laughs> it's, it's tough. This has got to, it's got to be this. If you, if the conversation in the post game was, I, I don't know who asked the question, but like. Uh, you you realize we need better players, right? Like that's part of the thing. And he's like, I'm going to pressure the the uh. front office to spend the money. And if they don't, I think Wayne might even leave. It, I think I think if he gets to the beginning of the season, because he doesn't want. So he gets this half season hung around his neck of this team who is losing six goals, six to nothing, scoring no goals for six games, and then who knows how long this goes? It could continue. There's no like you know you flip a coin every time. It could land tails quite a few times in a row before it lands heads. Uh, so he is not going to want to go through a full season of sort of bottom of the barrel players. Not not to say this is the bottom of the barrel roster, but you know what I'm saying? Like not the players he wants. It's very, it's very possible that he does not want to have his name aff- affixed to that 2023 season. And he jets before if, if, it, if they don't spend. So it's sort of that they've got him. They've got uh, Jason a little bit, you know, gun to his head a little bit to make something happen. Yeah. I mean, and, and all I'll say is that, all I will say to that answer is I'm not sure. I think he still would get, he would still get a position on another side uh, because quite simply, everybody's talking about, I think everybody's talking about, you know, Christian Pulisic going to Manchester United and the point has been brought up. Well, I mean, if he goes there and it doesn't go well, well, it was, it's a mess and it looks like less of a mess um, after, after today. But uh, you know, basically like, Oh, it was a mess, you know, when you got there and it's still a mess and you know, you were hamstrung. I mean, uh, he, no one, everyone knows the the reputation of this of this of this ownership group and their unwillingness to spend money and and their thriftiness and all of that stuff is precedes it in, in a bigger in a in a big way. I I don't I not I think that would be a pretty easy sell, so to speak. That you know it's you know I just had a bad you know bad time and you know look and I I, I think honestly I I really don't. I would say of, of those of those happenings, I would say that would probably be like a midseason. I'm done. I'm out of here type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's really going bad and it might just be like a mutual thing of like, nope, we're done here. This this was fine. We have to to rebuild again. Um, I certainly hope that doesn't happen. I hope he, I hope he gets what he wants. Um, I think the team, the real question I always have is everybody talks about, oh, I, they need to invest more in the roster. And I'm like, you know, with MLS, it's like it's not it's not exactly work like that. Like, unless you, unless you're really good at convincing, you know, Gareth Bale or a Gareth Bale level player to come over here on a damn deal. Unless you live in an area like DC or like uh, LA or New York, like I, I, I get a little bit like, I feel like people just think like, and I've seen it, I've seen it on, you know, just, dis- I've seen it on our discord and everything. It's like, people just like, Oh, well you just take the, all the money that you're investing. You invest in the bomb hand, the rest like, That's not how MLS works. MLS doesn't work like that. You have a set amount of money you can spend and you have some other money you can kind of buy and sell within the league. That's it. That's all you got. So, I mean, what are you, are you talking about like another, so you have, you have taxi Funtas, clearly a big time player. You have Christian Benteke, big time player. You have Paulson who they can apparently buy down. They better. Yeah, I mean, obviously they better. So that leaves one slot that you can actually spend an unlimited amount of funds on, and then the rest is just working within the league and trying to be smart and and find value within the league. That's really what we're talking about here with like MLS. So I just that that's the part that like concerns me is when he talks about how oh I want more investment in the squad. I'm like you don't really have a lot of investment room. I think that you think you can invest unlimited amount of funds in one player. 
You can maybe find a U22 initiative player. You can spend a bunch of money on him, but you can only pay him a certain amount. So there's like limits on everything that you can do other than your designated players. And I agree. I think they should go out and spend money on a designated player. Young money. So get some young, get some young DPs. That's all you could probably do. Th- this team has to get better. This team made their weight in those years at RFK at being very much finding value in players. And that has almost entirely vanished, Mm -hmm. entirely vanished. They have not been able to bring in a solid player from another team, a free agent. They're not really active in the free agent market. Like they have to get back. Ola is probably the last one they brought in on a, on a reasonable amount of money that then almost won the golden boot. So that, that true, true. But even that was a transfer. He was in China at the time and they brought him back. So for even that was a transfer. I'm talking about like your Josh Wolfs, your Dwayne DiRosario's, your oh, yeah. those types of moves where you're making a trade within the league or, or bringing somebody in. They, you know, I guess Julian Gressel would be sort of the one example. Paul Riola. He was, he was assigning and they're all going, they all, they've all gone the other way since then. (laughs) And they've all gone the other way. So, so they've done that, but it's not near at the level. And maybe that's just the nature of just a more expensive lead. But I mean, in my breath, not, not only does this team need to go out and sign another, another designated player that they can spend in limited money. Maybe that's the investment, but they have to get better at sort of finding value in this league and, and convincing guys to come over here and, and really trying to, to build sort of a foundation. Because if you just have, Benteke, Taxi Funtas, and I don't know, Lionel Messi, and then nothing else underneath them, it's right. still going to be a disaster. So, yeah, that, that's add, that's add, add yeah. Messi, add, add Messi, play Sammy Guidry as your left back every game <laughs> and have Rafael <laughs> Romo as your goalkeeper. I mean, Sammy, honestly, I, I, I would not mind having Sammy Giroudi. Giroudi? Uh, I can't remember if that's his name right. Say, I, what's that? Guidry. Guidry. I would have Sammy uh, Guidry back on back on the team. I, I I will not mind having him back. You want him to be your starting left back every game? No, probably not. I want some competition there, obviously. Yeah. But as a <laughs> spot starter fill in, he's actually growing a little bit on me, um, so to speak. Uh, also, Ronald like Sada, a- uh, please, bu- please, buddy, uh, get get off. <laughs> yeah, man, go, move go. on. <laughs> she's not. She's, she's not thinking about you anymore, man. It's time, it's time to move on. Everybody uh, knows you. Everybody knows everything. The only people that are still buying with you are the people that I, I never want coaching youth soccer kids ever. <laughs> or being anywhere around any other youth soccer game, in or the case, ones that still think you're you're a good coach. In case people don't know, what we're referring to is uh, on Ernan's IG story this weekend. He was he just showed a picture of him watching the six nothing scoreline uh, against the Union, and you could tell it was to show the scoreline. Could have been any other point in the game, but he waited until the last goal was scored to take the picture. So yeah, man, we get it, we get it. Have fun doing whatever you're doing. Uh, but this team is we're we're all in the hole we're in right now. So. Yeah, I think I, you know, you know, one thing you can spend money on Ted with no limit and something I would do. This is this is my moonshot. I think you call Garth Lagerway and say, I'm going to make you the richest general manager in MLS. What do you want? What do you want? You can have it. I've got the money. I've got I've got I got Steve Kaplan over here. He's got a big fat checkbook. You name it. You got it. Let's do it. That's how you spend money. That's the way you like make this team better by spending money that isn't controlled by the cap. No, absolutely. Do you want to come here? Probably not. But that and, money, money talks, and that's the only way you can get something like that to happen. And maybe that's the investment he's talking about. That is absolutely something the team should be spending more money. And to their very small credit, that's what they've started doing. And I mm-hmm. think that's why we've hit a little bit more on certain signings. Um, let's get into some of these. We got a lot of a lot of responses on Twitter. Yeah. You know, just get to some thoughts on Twitter. Uh, Dan. I, Go I got them all here. Yeah, uh, at uh, at uh, Mario the Kid, this is a question, I guess, more than a reaction. Um, I, we'll go to the reaction first. ZD Bernstein says, I don't see any way it changes without people just not showing up, meaning fans to the games. The front office clearly thinks they can hang on and make money regardless of how bad the product is. That's the only way I see them being forced to face the music. And without a major, major shakeup, nothing is com- nothing is changing. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say people should continue to show up for this product. It, you know, if you can't if you have season tickets and you cancel season tickets, I I understand 100 percent and thinking it's not going to get better. And honestly, you know, you've been we've all been sort of waiting for this team to finally, you know, grow up with the rest of MLS. Mm-hmm. And it's just not happening. And it, it's still not happening. And I, I don't have. Um, there are fan uh, shamers yeah. out there that are mad at people doing that. I I invite you to walk off of a pier because uh, we have been we have been waiting for quite some time now. Are we Cubs fans? 
have we been waiting for 80 years before they got no but this is this is a 20 how 26 year old league so uh, if it's been this long and we're not seeing that you can kiss my butt the team does not own oh i don't owe the team any money and those people not spending money you know are most likely probably still going to care about the team in some way Uh they're still going to watch games they're still going to go to this they're still going to some of them are probably still going to go to games um <laughs> or do mm-hmm. podcasts exactly uh, i mean hey you're gonna have the the global rights on apple so you can watch it wherever you want basically so there you go um i've got a question here from mario the kid uh what are some reasonable expectations for next season w- another attendance question would an attendance boycott have any positive impacts i think it will just demoralize the new players and make next season harder to overcome appreciate your thoughts uh attendance boycott i don't think it will matter i uh, Number one, I, number one, I, I don't think based on my 5,000, 50,000 feet view above um, the organizational structure of supporters groups is nowhere near what it was four nope. years ago. Absolutely nowhere near where it was four years ago. Um, it is absolutely. I mean, it's caused by a lot of things. Um, but I mean, it's just nowhere near where it is. So honestly, the impact's already being felt. Um, I mean, I went to, and, and again, I'm not, I'm not besmirching anybody that sits in that section that puts a lot of energy into it that, you know, chance the drum section, La Banda's fantastic when I went to the game. Uh, but I went to that Montreal DC game and it was, it was noticeable. Um, it's not. It, it does feel like there are certain people who used to be a huge part of those sections that are just no longer there. I could be completely wrong. Go ahead, come at me. But it definitely felt it still felt lively. And when they scored, it still felt great. And it was certainly loud. Um, I think it's I, I think there's no way they could effectively organize a boycott like they like they did in, in 2018 with the whole ticket thing. I just don't think the organization's there at this I think point. That's right. Uh, yeah, I think that's right. I don't think uh, reasonable talking, expectation. Right. If he's talking about beyond that, also, if he's talking about like beyond supporters groups, just general fan boycott, uh, that will not work because there will be people that will come to this game uh, and just like sit there and buy your ticket on StubHub for for 25 bucks. It becomes a, I mean, it's still a family outing. I mean, it's mm-hmm. still like, I mean, it's more affordable yeah. than at that point. Yeah, it does. It becomes cheaper. It becomes a cheap outing. It's just like anything with 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 the nationals being bad and everything else. Uh, reasonable, expe- reasonable expectations for next season. Uh, honestly, honestly, my reasonable expectation is playoffs minimum. It yeah, has balls it, to the wall. Yeah. You, if, if they had signed, if they had signed another project coach at Hernan Lasada, Luchi Gonzalez. Okay. My expectation is probably not playoffs. You made this signing. You have this short term, or maybe if Rooney was on a three-year contract guaranteed, even then, I would still be like, I think we need to see more. No, you made this signing, this big time splash, giving him a year. It's got to be playoffs. If if mm-hmm. this team misses out by a point next season, massive disaster, absolutely disaster. Yep, agree. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so in my in my mind, it has to be playoffs, a- unless that contract is extended at all at, at a certain point. Has to be playoffs, hundred percent. It blew my mind that Lucci was just available, and a team like yep. San Jose, a team like San Jose could make that move a team that I think if there's one other team with as well-earned a reputation for cheap ownership, it's this, it's the San Jose earthquakes. Uh, and when he brought on, he got brought on and he said that was a condition of his, you know, he's not the first coach in San Jose to say that's the case. A uh, previous coach also said that and is, is now applying his trade elsewhere. But yeah, I think reasonable expectation is playoffs and anything less than that is a failure across the board. And if Rooney goes next year, I, in my mind, I think I think you start completely fresh. Yeah, I think you go. I think you just wipe it out and start because you are at that point. You are starting fresh, like for, like a, from an organizational standpoint, from a play style standpoint. Uh, it's uh, I don't want to think about it. We got we got <laughs> I would rather suffer through right now. I'd rather suffer through the the doldrums of what this remaining season is going to be then already put myself at the end of 2023 and have it not gone well. I yeah. can't, I can't mentally, <laughs> I don't want to mentally deal with that right now. Um, uh, Jeremy, Jeremy, for Jeremy Ferenfina says all with, and with all respect to Rooney, I just don't think he is going to make a big impact here. I don't see him staying past two seasons. Yep. Even if we're able to go to full two seasons out of the Rooney, the Rooney era will be forgettable. I mean, maybe I, I don't want to, 
I don't I don't want to say that. And also he talks about a roster overhaul as well. This is the overhaul. We're in the middle of the overhaul. Um, you can only do but so much in my mind in, in the in the season. And, and you have contracts that are guaranteed and players nobody wants. So some of those contracts, you just kind of got to wait out. We're right in the middle. We are in the middle of an of a massive roster overhaul. I guarantee you from back to front, you are going to see. I mean, you've already talked about from the midfield. Durkin and Taxi being really the only guys who are left who, you know, maybe played before the, the last transfer window. All the other guys are out there. Um, all the other guys have been, you know, kicked out or kicked to the curb. Estrada's gone here for half a season, you know. Um, so this is this is a this is a massive ro- roster overhaul that is underway. Um, the question is whether it's going to work. And so far, we haven't seen too many signs that it's coming together in a, in a reasonable way. Um, still some time to go, but it's it, first, first month or so, I think has been kind of a failure if I'm being honest. And you're turning over the keys to this rebuild to a guy who's coached two years, who is a world-class player, but does not have any, anywhere near a long pedigree and successful management. He had two good seasons, one. Yeah. Two pretty good seasons at, at Derby County, uh, mm-hmm. two and a half. That's fine. But that's not, you know, that's not infallible. That's not, yeah, absolutely. Put the entire fate of this franchise in this one man's hands. Let him make all the decisions, knowing that he will not be here for more than one and a half seasons, maybe two and a half, but we'll, we'll be honest here, one and a half. Um, it's entirely possible that this Rooney, the second Rooney wave here is a disappointment because it's very, uh, the track record isn't long enough to guarantee or predict any kind of real outcomes here. It's yeah. a different world then uh, the championship is not MLS and he played in MLS, but it's different to build a roster in MLS. And that's why yeah. he's got the help he has, but it's different. Yeah. So, yeah. It's possible. Yeah. I'm wondering, I have to think those conversations have happened, but when he talks about more investment in the roster, that, that always concerns me. Cause I'm like, do you, do you know like the limits you have as far as a roster build and like what you can do? Uh, maybe he knows, maybe he has to dive a complete understanding of at least a general understanding of how it works. Uh, one more, I think one more I wanted to get, he's just going to pay him on, he's going to pay him out of his own pocket. Like he did at Darby. Yeah. That's how he's going to get him to come over. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, wanted to get into Chris Webb, who, if you're a longtime person, know is, is part of, was part of United mania at the OGs. time. OGs, my uh, favorite soccer w- podcast. And I feel like we have to pay homage to him when he writes to us with a comment or question. So what can be said at this point? It's been an active failure on the front office part to put a competitive team on the field. I like the moves they made to try and improve the team, but being non-competitive clown show is not what I expected in the Lucy Russian era. Honestly. Yeah, this is, I, I, I don't, I think, I think Lucy Russian and despite what I think about needing sort of a clean house in the front office, you almost kind of you almost made this move for Wayne. You kind of I, I do think there is an argument to be made. You kind of have to keep the front office intact because Wayne's not going to be the guy who's going to know how to trade for allocation money or, you know, going to have connections necessarily to talk to some of these other GMs. And I think that's honestly why Dave Casper has stuck around because he has a real institutional knowledge of all these rules and regulations and everything. Um, and for better or for worse, I mean, we need to find, in my opinion, someone else to do that. Um, you know, I, I think the point is, I think I'm kind of in the same boat as Chris. Like I like the moves that we made, but this has been a disaster of a season. It's, it's been in, in my mind, it's been the worst season in DC United's history, worse than 2013, worse than 2010. You want to know why those at least had two cup runs in them. Those had some member, some, some semblance of joy out of those games where we had a, Snowball's chance, one of which we won a trophy. We won a trophy in 20. Everybody talks about, oh, 2013 was so terrible. So we won a trophy. Like, this is worse. This is absolutely unmit. I know it's not worse in the standings. I know we've won more games. There's also a lot more teams than there were back then. So I think that should be taken into consideration. There's also this better is- players playing worse, which makes it worse. Like, yeah. There are, there are more talented players than there were on those rosters. Connor Doyle isn't on this roster, for instance. Yeah. Yeah. And and you have to look and you honestly have you do. And that's a good point. You have to compare it to what they were spending in 2013 versus what they're spending now. This has absolutely been the worst season, very much the worst season in D.C. United history. No question in my mind about that. Um, Maybe it gets better. Maybe we'll all look back and, 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 and maybe it'll get better. I don't know at this point. A little, um, little bit of off the off the field uh, stuff. Oh, you have another one? 
Well, I do have one more. One more because I feel like we have a lot of people who are upset. Uh, DC Ulysses, uh, Statehood for DC on Twitter says, maybe I'm naive, but I don't think it was nearly as bad as that score suggests. Yes, they need to add more, but there were some good pieces here. They just might be in the belly of the whale. Maybe we're in that. And I think that DC Ulysses kind of echoing, he watched the first 35 minutes too. And I think that's Maybe still... he turned it off at that point. You're like, <laughs> all right, I'm going to do something else now. Yeah, I mean, again, so I, so I think there's... We'll see. I think it was important maybe to present another side um, to what's been yeah. what's been going on in that game. So, go so ahead. is there any is there any chance? I saw this on Reddit. Somebody posted this, and I was curious what you thought. Um, Taxi's agent at the end of this season, seeing sort of a maybe or maybe maybe going into next season, having no faith that things are going to turn around. Do you think he's a player that is a potential flight risk? Uh, of wanting to, I would say the joy is not there. That was there at the be- at sort of the beginning of his, his tenure here. He, they traded his best friend. Uh, his other best friend had his knee snap. So it's just kind of him out there. Do you think there's any, there's any potential risk of him saying, all right, that was fun guys. I'm going to go back to Europe now. Thank you. I, I think there's certainly, there's certainly a risk. Um, I think there's absolutely a risk. I think, I, I think it's less of a risk. I, I think he understands I think he does understand that things haven't gone well. Um, I think it's on Wayne to convince him to, to give him another off season, to give him another chance. Um, I think it's on him. It's on him. You know, if he develops an incredible strike partnership with Ben Teke and they score goals, even if they're still not, you know, putting games away or being successful, um, you know, Taxi. Yeah. I, I think <laughs> the one, the one thing about taxi, one thing that gives me hope is, I'm not sure he's really he might be thinking about his next move. This was a move, I think, that for better, for worse, was his sort of big payday. Um, This team came in, said, we think you're good. We want to give you what contract you want, how much you want, you know, and he said his number and they're like, that makes sense to us. Let's work out a deal here. Um, So I, I think there was a sense with him that this is his big payday. I don't. I may lead to bigger paydays if he performs well. He's already he's already got an all star appearance out of it. He's already had success. He's clearly like the best player out of this. Um, I think it would be worth it for him in his mind. And and I think to maybe give it give it a little more time. It would make sense to me, honestly. And if by the summer it's just there's just not working out. Rooney's completely turned his back on what he wants to do. Rooney's gone. Then, yeah, maybe then you start to look for for another thing. I think he could go. In the next season, I think he will still play well. He still shows effectiveness. In this game, he was still incredibly effective. Um, I, I do think this next to these next weeks, these next few weeks are pretty certain. I, I don't know. I don't put much stock in. I feel like some people try to draw things from other from other players, but I mean, it doesn't mean I don't. I don't also think he couldn't go. It could happen. Certainly, something could happen. Team could come in, want to offer some big money for him. I just don't see that coming. And I think, well, I got my payday here. Let me ride this out for a little bit longer and see how it goes. And then we can reevaluate, you know, once we yeah. get to the end of the season. So just keep in mind, this is before his stint at Rapid Vienna. He changed clubs almost every season. Yeah. Uh, either on loan or or just sort of on transfer. So it's not like it, it's not insane to think that it's certainly, you know, to your point, it would make sense for him to give it a little bit of a more go. Like, what's the difference between now and next summer wanting to go? Mm-hmm. Giving it half, even giving a half season. Be like, I've, I'll give you guys the January window and the first half of the season. And if we still suck or if the, the style of play is continuing to generate no shots or two shots a game, <laughs> I would like to go away. Thank you very much. I think that would be, I think, you know, at that point, if you're the front office, like give, give this man a transfer. This is not his fault. We, uh, we did not, we did not build around him in the way we want to do. Yeah. Um, I mean, he, he essentially arrived in a, in a mess and it's kind of been incredible how he still performs the way he 11 does, goals so. in 19 and 19 games. It's, it's, it's bananas. Um, a little bit of off the field stuff. The meet the team day was this Sunday. I did not make it because again, I said I was busy. Uh, I wanted to point out Rossington, uh, said everything was Rossington DC on, on uh, Twitter said everything was packed up. All the other players were gone and Bill and Andy were still sitting at their table, signing, t- talking to people and refusing to be rushed by the stadium or team staff. True gentleman in the community setting an example. The club refuses to see, let alone follow. Uh, I saw other people say that. Bill Hamid's line was like wrapped around the, the concourse. <laughs> uh, Wayne Rooney was not there. Uh, he's not a player, of course, uh, but he was not there. I think it's quite obvious, though, that were he there, he would be the number one attraction and he was not able to make it. That's unfortunate. He was there. Uh, I would just uh, 
comment that the last time I was at the team, the meet the team day, Ben Olsen was there. Uh, and that was, uh, at the, in the middle of a very poor season with a lot of, with a lot of pressure on him. He was there, he was talking to people, he was around, uh, but, but yeah, Bill, I think Bill sort of getting his, uh, his flowers from fans, I think is great, particularly if this is his last run, which I think we both think it is, uh, but good for him to be out there, uh, in a bill, both Bill and Andy really kind of kind of getting what it is that these United used to be about, uh, and hopefully can be about again. But I just thought that was, I think that was good to, to highlight. And the other thing I wanted to say was loud United won a game. <laughs> against uh, Atlanta United 2. And I was saying, if we could only just play MLS two sides, we could crush. Jeremy Gray scores the first goal of his career. So good for him. Uh, a player that, you know, I think was looked at as potentially stepping right into DC United, and clearly that was not been the case. He has gotten a lot of minutes with Loudon. Uh, I don't know that he's sort of on the fringe. He's in a position of extreme depth on DC United, playing in mm-hmm. sort of a defensive midfield position or, or in an eight position. So... Maybe maybe no way to break through with the big club, but good for him for, for getting a run and good for Ryan Martin for just getting three points for a change. I'm sure it's got to be nice to just do that. Yeah, you talk you talk about too. I mean, I think Moses Nyman also is back and made an appearance, I think, last week. Um, he was not on he was not there this week. Um, so hopefully hopefully everything's okay there. I would think you would want to get him as many minutes as you can to yep. sort of get him back into into because he's you know, he's your most promising talent, maybe next to, to Jackson Hopkins. Um, so yeah, good win for Loudon United. I, you know, it's, it's, this game was tough, uh, but I hope, I hope it is always, as I say, it always hope it gets better. I don't, I'm not going to tell you it's going to get better, but I hope it gets better. Um, and I think there are some good things, even if it's a majority bad right now. Um, there is a opportunity here to get some things right. And I hope the front office and ownership take advantage of it. And we may look like fools next year, and maybe it may be another long season. But there, there is an opportunity here; uh, it exists. So, um, and if and if that's so, and you're still listening to us talk about this every week, who's the real fool? <laughs> <laughs> who's, you still do you still donate to that Patreon? That's right. That's right. That's right. We're all fools together in our own little way. Yep. Yeah. All right, folks. I think that's going to do it for this week's episode of United 96. Thank you guys so, so much for listening. Uh, definitely check out our next podcast. <laughs> we got of the Patreon. She's <laughs> Patreon. You're going to get this right away. Uh, we got uh, some interviews. I think we're, uh, you're, you're organizing another interview with a spirit player. We'll see. Well, if that-, <laughs> that has gotten a little bit of a timeout for a reason that we'll discuss here on Kindred Spirits. Uh, yes. Very shortly. <laughs> yes. Uh, so definitely check out Kindred Spirits. We're going to be talking about um, the surprise dismissal of Chris Ward. That'll be coming, out, I believe, on Thursday. Uh, might maybe you want to try to get it out earlier. There might be some maybe more we'll that, that out tomorrow too. <laughs> maybe that'll be available tomorrow. Um, but definitely search that, download that on your podcast feed. We're going to be talking about that, uh, guys. Thank you so so much for listening. Uh, you guys are incredible to send us comments, to send us you know ideas, to keep us going. Uh, we do this for you guys. It's been an incredibly tough season, the toughest season I can remember in a long time, and uh, you guys are what keeps us. Keeps us going every week when we have to talk about this incredibly bad, bad Six soccer nil team right loss, now. time to do a podcast. Time to Seven do a podcast. Loss, time to, to do, a do a podcast. podcast. <laughs> exactly. Thank you all for listening. We'll check you guys next week. Vamos. Vamos.